0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. All right, good morning. Y'all doing all right? Can we give it up for our worship team? Pretty awesome. I'm thankful that I get to worship to good worship music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it reminded me, I was having a conversation with my son the other day. And he was like, ah, you know, it's just... He goes to Trinity Christian School in Lubbock. And um, and they do a chapel on Wednesdays. And uh, it's student-led. So I'll just say that. Um, and he's like, you know, like... I was like, how was chapel today? He's like, I just... He was just being so genuine and trying to explain. He's like, it's just really hard to worship when it's not good. <laughs> like you're a hundred percent right. You are a hundred percent right. Uh, so I'm really, really thankful we have some, some good worship here. Um, I, I wanna just take a moment and just honor Cody and Stacy Sykes. Can you guys give them a big old hand clap? He's up, he's up preaching in Lubbock this morning, but um, he's one of my best friends. I love him dearly. He's just an amazing man. Um, Stacy's better than him. So, uh, but they're, they're, they're an amazing couple. I, I want you to know, like, um, you, you have a great pastor. You have an, an, an unbelievable man of God that is, is actually leading you and leading this church and leading people. I'm a man who is intimate with the Lord, who spends time with the Lord, uh, who loves the Lord dearly, who was radically saved. I don't know if you know, he was radically saved at a Benny Hinn um, conference up in the upper deck. Got, get, went, went because he had a bet with his friend and his friend said, I, I wanna show you this stuff is real. He was like, it ain't real, and I'll go. And he gets rocked in the upper deck. Benny Hinn just flashes his jacket at him or something like that. And he was like, this ain't real and just got, just overwhelmed by the love of God and completely changed. And, um, so he, he is, uh, he's just doing a great job here. and I just wanted to honor him mostly because every time I come, I make fun of him and today I'm going to honor him. Uh, no, but he, you, you have, you have a good one. Amen. Um, as I, as I preach today, I'm believing for something just a little unique. I'm believing that if you need healing in your body, that you get it today. That as the word is spoken and as the word is preached, that healing comes to your body. I uh, last Sunday in Lubbock, uh, I was praying for a man that uh, I had met with a couple weeks before and he had told me he'd gotten into construction and hurt himself when he was younger and was dealing with a lot of, a lot of pain from that. And so during, during service uh, uh, this last Sunday, I saw him and felt a strong anointing to go and pray for him. And um, I I went over there and laid hands on a man. I just, it was like, it was very, very strong. And I get up to do communion, and when I got up to do communion, we take the bread, and then I look down to take the juice, and in my communion cup is an extra piece of bread. It's an extra little piece of styrofoam, and um, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, that's. I mean, uh, we we take. If you've been here, you know, we take communion every single Sunday. Well, I've been doing that for five or six years now, and not one time has this ever happened. And I looked down, and 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 I was about to make a funny about it, and it was like the Holy Spirit reminded me, um, it was confirmation that, about that man's healing and wholeness, and I just began to prophesy over him and see healing in his body and. And um, it was just an amazing thing. And and I'm just believing that that's still happening. Amen, that that healing is still going out. If you need healing in your body, uh, I listened to Gordon's message, the guest speaker last week, and he released a ton of healing in the room. And so I'm just believing that for you. If you need healing in your body, raise your hand. I do. All right, I'm just believing for you and believing with you. So bless you with that. All right, let's jump in today. Um, Simply put, Uh, Today, I wanna talk to you about being real. I wanna talk to you about being real. Would you look at your neighbor? I promise you, I'll only make you do this once or seven times. Look at your neighbor and say, be real. Look back at that person and with a little bit more sarcasm, say, you be real. (laughs) And why don't you get up out my face about it, all right? How about that? How about that? You're a first time guest here. You can't be talking to me like that. No, I'm kidding. I want to talk to you about being real. What does it look like to be real? Real in your relationship with God, real in your relationship with spiritual family, real in church, real with yourself, real with where you really are. I've been in church a really, really long time and I'm probably like you, I'm I'm kind of tired of playing church. Anybody else tired of playing church? You know, you walk in and and you, 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 you kinda, you see somebody, they ask how you're doing and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm blessed. Are you? You are, but do you, do you feel that way? No, brother, I'm, brother, you, don't, you never even, you've never called anyone brother in your whole life until you stepped into the church today and you start using all this language. What do we, we we've, we've learned to play church, haven't we? It's hard to be, and, and not because we're doing it on purpose, or because we're trying to be fake or because we're trying to wear a mask, but it's just almost the culture, it's what we've learned in the Western church is, you know, you kind of come in and you act a certain way, you dress a certain way, you talk a certain way. But what would it look like for us to actually be real? That when someone were to come up and say to you on a Sunday morning, hey man, how you doing? You're like, it's actually been a really hard week. Just doing my best to be here. <clears throat> Didn't really want to come to church today. My wife drugged me. <clears> here. <throat> come on, I just need a show of hands. If you got drugged to church today, would you just raise your hand? Be like, I'm still, my, my man back there. See, you're real. You can leave. You don't need to hear the message. You already got it in here, bro. Go ahead. No, I'm kidding. Stay with your parents. Listen to them, not me. <clears throat> what would it look like to be real? Um, <clears throat> here's why this message matters today. And I'm gonna explain it after I say this statement. What I've discovered is that our realness, the level of our realness determines the level of our discipleship. The level of our realness determines the level of discipleship and growth that we receive in our life. It's actually in us being real that attracts growth into our life and attracts discipleship into our life. How do I know this? Well, we actually see it in scripture and we see it in the life of Peter. If there's anybody that you look at in scripture that was real, it was this guy. Peter just, he was just a real dude. He was the kind of guy that he, he spoke before he thought. He was a little bit crazy. Um, he talked too much, but he's also the guy that got out of the boat and walked on water. He was also the guy that got invited to the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is there, Elijah's there, Moses is there, God speaks. Why does God speak? Because Peter spoke up and shouldn't have. He just, he opened his big mouth and he, 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 he says, man, this is awesome. It's good that we're here. I'm gonna build a tabernacle for Moses, for Elijah, Jesus. And then God comes in, he's like, hey Peter, this is my translation, shut up. It's holy right now. You're kind of ruining the vibe. Be quiet, Peter. We see in Matthew chapter 16, <clears throat> we see two stories of Peter and they're back to back and I love what they actually communicate to us. The first story, you, you might remember this, Jesus comes to the disciples and he looks at all of them. And he says, who, are, who do people say that I am? The disciples say, well, some say Elijah, some say, You know, you're John the Baptist. They just start naming these people. And then Jesus hits them with this question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And everybody gets quiet, except guess who? Peter. And Peter speaks up. He makes an amazing statement. He says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And the good thing about this, this story is Peter gets it right. He actually gets it right. And Jesus says, dude, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but it was from revelation from on high. And since you know who I am, I'm gonna tell you who you are. You're Peter and your name means the rock. And on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And here in this moment, Peter steps out. He has revelation from on high. He declares who Jesus is. And Jesus begins to encourage him and prophesy to him about his future. Amazing story. Now, one quick side note here in this story, I don't think we realize how amazing this actually was because for Peter to step out in this moment and declare Jesus as the Messiah, as the living God, as the Christ was a big statement. Here he was, um, he, he, he was a believer in God, the disciples, they were Jews, they, they, they knew the stories, they knew there was a Messiah coming. They knew that Jesus was supposed to come on, on into the earth and here he was standing flesh and blood. Now, you have to, you have to look at the context of the story. Um, notice the, not all, all the disciples are like, who are people saying that I am? The, the people around, they didn't know who, they didn't know if it was Jesus or not. I mean, he was doing miracles, he was preaching some pretty cool stuff. They're like, well, man, this could be. And then, and then when he goes, but who do you say that I am? And they all get quiet because they're unsure. Peter has a revelation that he's the Christ. But I would argue today, he wasn't 100% sure. How many of you have heard God before? Raise your hand. Have you ever heard, heard the Lord speak to you? Not audibly, just in your spirit you heard him. How many of you have, have always been 100% sure it was him? Right? Like, like you knew without a shadow of a doubt, oh, that's God. You might be 99.9% sure, but come on, 100%? I'm talking about when he says, go, go, go pray for that person because they're dealing with something in their marriage. You're 100% sure when you walk over, they got something going on. Now all the hands went down, which is what I was looking for my first question. My point is that Peter was, he, was, he wasn't 100% sure. It took faith for him to say, you're the Christ. It took faith for him to be like, oh, this is Jesus, the one who was coming. It was a massive statement and could have been humiliating if he got it wrong. So see Peter, unafraid, unafraid to share what he thinks and unafraid to share what he believes. And my man in this story gets it right. And because he gets it right, he gets encouraged, gets prophesied to by Jesus himself. And then you keep reading in Matthew chapter 16 and the very next story is the one that we all know about Peter. It's the get behind me, Satan, Peter. It's the story where he reprimands Jesus. I love scripture, I love the Bible because it even puts it in the right order. It, like, like in, there, There's no question that Peter knew who Jesus was. He had just called him the Christ. So he knew, he knew who he was talking to and he still is such an idiot, he reprimands the Christ. And what happens in this story? Peter gets corrected. He gets corrected. Now, what do we see? We see one story, he gets encouraged. We see the next story, he gets corrected. What, is, what actually is encouragement and correction? I'd argue that it's discipleship. It's discipleship. Are you following me today? What invited discipleship into his life? His realness. It was his realness that invited that moment of encouragement. It was his realness that invited that moment of correction in his life. You see, I, I don't know if, if Peter was as much bold as he was just dumb sometimes. Yeah, he was bold and he would risk it, but I think more than anything else, when you look at his life, he was real. He walked around being real. He, he, he understood the grace of God. He understood that, that, I mean, think about this. He was even real around Jesus himself. Why do I say it like that? Anybody ever just straighten up when certain people walk in the room? Anybody just, anybody sit up a little bit taller when Braden's here and he's preaching? It's like, oh. The senior leader is in the room. I'm going to act like I have it all together. I'm actually going to act like I'm listening today. Peter was so real. he, He wasn't afraid of making a mistake, even in front of Jesus. And it was this heart posture. It was this ability to be real that I'd propose to you that invited the very spiritual growth and discipleship that he actually needed in his life. You see, hear me today, the level of your realness will determine the level of the discipleship you get in your life. It's the very thing that invites growth in and invites discipleship in. Um, Hear me today, there's no point in discipling your false self. Come on, I feel like I feel like I'm not doing a good job. Are y'all with me? You're following me. <clears throat> There's no point in discipling a mask. It's actually in our vulnerability, in our authenticity, in our genuineness that real discipleship takes place. Well, what does this look like practically? What does this look like in real life? It looks like you being okay with looking dumb sometimes. It looks like you being okay with sounding immature in a spiritual conversation. It looks like you being okay with the fact that you're not okay. It looks like you letting people into your life and into your situation and into the thoughts that are in your head and into all the things that you are going through. See, many of us hide those very, very things because we, we wonder what people will think about us if they knew who we really were. You know, I'm, I do my best to disciple people, meet with people. There's people that I'm leading. And I've discovered this. Um, in conversation sometimes, I can tell that people just aren't being real with me. They're just not being real. Um, and, I've done the, and I've done the very same thing. Uh, you know, when you get into, I want to encourage you. When you get into a conversation with a spiritual leader in your life, if they say something that completely blows your mind and gives you a revelation from God that you've never had before, don't act like you already knew that. Come on, this is what we do. We'll be in a, we'll be in like, we'll be at home church, we'll be in a spiritual conversation with a group of people or a spiritual leader and they'll say something and that, that's just like, oh my gosh, and you're like, yeah, no, that, yeah that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what that's what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, the Lord, was, He showed me that yesterday. <laughs> no, no, He did it. No, He did it. But you're so afraid to look like you don't know what they just said. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm, that's yeah, that's good. I was telling my buddy that the other day. <laughs> Instead of in that moment being like, dang, that's that's pretty good. I've never thought about that before and being vulnerable and authentic and laying out the fact that I have some room to grow. I have some things to get better in. You see, when you're in a, you're in spiritual family and you are in relationship with spiritual leaders in your life, it's it's in your realness. If If you'll start to be real, they'll actually know what to disciple in you. They'll know what to speak into. You'll reveal the very thing that needs the very thing you want. You'll open up the places that you need actual growth. If you hide it, if you act like you know what they're talking about, if you're afraid for them to maybe see some immaturity in your life, you will stay immature. You'll be lacking in that area. It takes this realness and this genuineness. It's what we see in Peter's life. He was real. So today, I, I, wanna, I wanna launch from this place. I wanna launch from this idea of, of being real, but I wanna really, what I, I wanna talk to you today about. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm doing my best to combine two messages I've already preached into this one in like 30 minutes, all right? So that was, that was one message. We're gonna move to another one. You ready? <clears throat> I wanna launch from this place of being real because I begin to ask the Lord, okay, I see the value in being real but what about this whole life of faith that I'm supposed to live too? What about, the, what about the power of my words? What about the scripture that says, let the weak say I'm strong? What about speaking things that aren't as though they were? What about James three that says there's life and death or, or Proverbs, there's life and death in the power of our tongue. James three that says our, our, our tongue is like the rudder of a ship steering the direction of our life. You see, there is a life of faith that we are called to live too, right? that we are, actually, we are actually supposed to, if you feel weak, you're supposed to say you're strong. Well, pastor, that doesn't seem very real. I know. So how do I be real and how, but how do I live in faith? How do I be real and vulnerable and authentic and genuine, but also sound like a person who has a little bit of faith? As I was asking the Lord this, in fact, it's really funny in, in Lubbock, I was preaching and I, I, I preached a message on the power of your words. And then the very next week I, t- I preached on being real. And they can seem like two different, they can seem like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and I just began to ponder with the Lord like, okay, Lord, begin to meditate. What, what is it, how, how do these two things go together? How, how do I live this life of being real, but also live over here in faith? And he reminded me of this story. And um, it was many years ago, we were living in Amarillo. Uh, my, my first child, Jackson, he was, he was probably five at the time. And uh, it was a Saturday, we were kind of bored. We were out in the backyard, he didn't have anything to do. So I did what every father should do. And at some point in their kid's life, I, t- I, was, I taught him the roof game. Anybody know what I'm talking about with the roof game? you find any round ball and you throw it on the roof and you let it roll off and you try and catch it. Which by the way, I'm a professional at this game, all right? <clears throat> the roof game is just what I do, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm showing him how to play the roof game and um, I'm sitting there watching him. You know, it's actually pretty simple. Throw the ball up there and then catch it when it comes down. There's not much to explain. And I explain it and I'm watching and I'm thinking, there has to be more athletic ability that I have given this kid. (laughs) I consider myself a pretty good athlete and I'm seeing negative percentage in him right now. (laughs) Even if I didn't give him any, his mom has a lot too. And I'm like, this is not my kid. And I'm start to pray to the Holy Spirit to give me strength, self-control, patience. I'm like, It just, I mean, he's hitting the wall, not even making it on the roof sometimes. He's running around, the ball's landing over there and he's still here I'm like, you just just catch it. Just catch the ball, be an athlete. He was not. And I try to start to help him. Well, he's five and at this stage, he doesn't want dad's help. He wants to figure it out all by himself. So I said, fine, take your unathletic self and figure it out, bud. (laughs) And I took a lawn chair and I set it right in the middle of the yard and I sat there and crossed my arms, put my leg up and I just sat there and watched as the baby giraffe ran around my backyard. (laughs) And it's bad, y'all, it's bad. And I'm sitting there not saying a word, and about 20 minutes go by, and finally, (laughs) after him wearing himself out, he comes over and he says, "'Dad, will you help me? "'Will you help me?' This is a great picture of what it means to be real. Hear me today. As dad, I was not able to help him until he got real about his situation. It wasn't until he got real with what, he was really, what was really happening, where he acknowledged the fact that he could not do it, that he didn't have the ability, that he, that he looked a little bit dumb. It, it wasn't until he got real that I was actually able to come in and help him with the very thing that he needed. I'll say it this way. <clears throat> His realness invited the father into the situation. His realness opened the door for me to speak life and to give direction and to give wisdom into what he was doing. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God. Our realness is the very thing that invites him into the situation. And as the Lord began to show me this and I began to ask when I was asking him, real or faith, how do we do this thing? He gave me this this phrase and it's helped me so much. He said, start with real, end with faith. Start with real, end with faith. Your relationship looks like this with God. Start with real, end with faith. Where do you start in your prayer time? Where do you start in your conversations with God? You know where you start? You start with, dad, I don't know how to play the roof game. You start with actually being real about your situation. You start with being real with your need. You start with being real about what was actually going on. Notice the scripture didn't say, let the weak say I'm not weak. It doesn't doesn't teach us to, to, to not acknowledge the realness of our situation. It says, let the weak say I'm strong. In other words, there's an awareness that you're weak and that awareness and realness about your weakness invites the one who is strong to come in and move through you. You start with real and you end with faith. This is what we see in the life of David and the psalmist when you open up psalms. What do we see? We see someone who started with real and ended with faith. He wasn't afraid to be real with God, was he? is a true story. I started doing a... um, about a year ago, I started doing a, a U-version Bible reading plan with like four guys. And I was like, "Hey, man, I feel like I've kind of lost a little bit of my worship, my thankfulness. Let's read through, let's read through the Psalms." I'll just be super honest. I get about seventy-five percent of the way through Psalms, and I just text, I text everybody. I said, um, "I'm done." because if I hear David whine one more time about his enemies that are gonna kill him and how God's not there for him and all that, I'm like, he's driving me, at, he's a sissy, he's driving me nuts. Y'all don't think that's very funny, but I'm just trying to be real. <clears throat> I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Anybody read through the Psalms? I don't, I don't know if it makes you depressed or grateful. I'm not real sure at this point. I'm still trying to figure that out. It's like, but, but, but you know what David was called? He was called a man after God's own heart. You know who David was? David was a real person with God. And what we would see time and time again, as you read through, you see him starting with real and ending with faith. Look at Psalms chapter 22. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and am not silent. But look at verse three, he says, but you are holy. enthroned in the praises of Israel, our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. If you continue to read the Psalm, what does he do in, in the next verse? He goes right back into complaining and walk back into like, God, where are you? And then he goes right back into faith. Are you seeing this today? He was notorious for starting with being real and ending with faith. I don't know if you've ever, can, if you can relate to David today. Anybody ever felt like God was far away, that he'd forsaken you, that your, that your enemies were closer than he was? He wasn't doing nothing on your behalf. Like you know, you you can say all day he's with me, but you don't feel you feel like he's a million miles away. And David, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to talk and tell God, hey, I know you say that you're close, but I don't feel it. You know what I've discovered? I've walked through this in my own life. I believe this a lot about a a, a lot of believers. Be honest with yourself today if you're like this. Some Christians wouldn't dare talk to God like David did. Some of you in here, you wouldn't dare talk to him that way. You feel, you feel like you are dishonoring him. He's, David looked at him and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? By the way, someone else said the same words Jesus himself. I mean can you be that real with him? Can you be this 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 kind of real with God? Or it's like, Lord, you said lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, and every time I lay hands on the sick, they're not recovering. Can you be real with the fact that Lord, you told me to to tithe and to be generous and <clears throat> I have I have, I have all that I need, but I'm, I'm not experiencing the abundance. I'm not experiencing the more like what's going on here. I've been doing all the things right. Where's my promotion? I've been leaning into you and I still flip out and get super angry. Lord, why? I don't know what else to do. I've read the scriptures, I know I have the Holy Spirit, I've prayed to him, still bursting out in anger. What's going on, Lord? My life is not adding up to what this word word is saying. See, can you be that real with him? And I'm here to tell you today, you can be. I'm here to tell you today, it's actually in that place that you'll start to grow. I'm actually here to tell you, it's okay for you to be as real as, as David was with God. You can be just as real with him. You can have these conversations with him. Oh, but I wanna encourage you today. At some point you, you, at some point in your realness, there's a moment for you to switch over into faith. You see, it starts with being real, but it ends with faith. God, you seem far away. Why have you forsaken me? I know I'm going through this, but you're holy. You wanna know how you live this life of being real and being in faith? It looks like you doing both. It looks like you're doing both. Um, Jesus gave us a great example when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember his prayer? His first statement is, Lord, if you could take this cup of suffering away, that would be awesome. But your kingdom come, your will be done. What do we see in the life of Jesus? What do we see in that moment? We see a man who was being real. I don't, Jesus himself, I don't want to do this. If there's any other way, come on, Lord. You're kind of the one running the show here. Let's, let's think of another way. Be great but you're faithful and I trust you and I trust your process. He was real and he was full of faith. He was real and he was full of faith. I'm gonna say it again. He was real and he was full of faith. He wasn't just real and he wasn't just faith, which I'd argue isn't probably faith at all. He was both. Uh, as I was preparing, the Lord kind of gave me something, just a, a funny example. Um, I, I, I want you to think about this. Imagine, <clears throat> imagine if you talked to your spouse the way that you talk to God. Let's just get real practical, let's just make it real. Imagine if you talk to your spouse the way that you talk to God. For some of you, it sounds something like this. <clears throat> hey babe, great to be with you today. I like you. You're great. Please fix our kids. Sorry if I made you mad. Um, Bye. Some of our prayers and some of our conversations with God sound like that. There's, it's just, I'm a robot. You are great. God bless you. You're awesome. Lord, I I love you and I love what you're doing in my life right now. And he's sitting up there and he's like, no, you don't. (laughs) You don't like anything that's happening right now. And in your prayer life, you feel this disconnect because you're like, well, I'm I'm supposed to honor, I'm supposed to worship, I'm supposed to, but I feel like crap. I'm stressed to flip out. I don't like the way things are going. My kids are driving me nuts. My wife is driving me nuts. This is hundred percent true. My husband is driving me nuts. I don't know how to do this whole walking and spiritual family thing. I don't know how. And it's like, you're sitting there in conversation with God, holding back the realness Because religion has taught you to be something else. And what I'm saying to you today is God can handle your realness. Why? Why does he want your realness? Because that's where relationship is. Intimacy happens in realness. Vulnerability transparency, genuineness. It's in that place. Man, God God becomes very real. You start to form a real relationship with him. Man, I can tell you, there's conversations I've had with him that felt sacrilegious at the time. But I've had conversations with God like, Lord, why, when I lay hands on people, I don't see them recover? Lord, I'm kind of ticked right now because, you know, I know scripture about healing, and I'm holding my little girl in her bedroom right now, and she's sick. And I'm praying and declaring over her, and nothing's changing. What is going on? Why is it like this? I don't understand, Lord. You said, I'm doing what you said. What's up? Kind of sounds like David, doesn't it? But you see, it's in those moments that he begins to minister. It's in those moments he begins to teach. It's in those moments where the faith that I need starts to come in. In that very scenario, in moments of not, not seen response, You know what he asked me? He said, well, when's the last time you declared that when you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover? I said, how dare you ask me that question? (laughs) No, I didn't really say that. I'm like, yeah, I haven't done that. He's like, well, you should probably start doing that. And so then I began to go on walks in the morning in the park outside my house and begin to declare the things that I wasn't seeing yet. Lord, I declare that when I lay hands on the sick, they'll recover and the very thing that I'm praying for, they'll get. That's not a pride statement, that is a a faith statement. Where did the faith come from? It came from me being real and the fact that it wasn't happening to begin with. I got real with him. I wanna see this in my life and I'm not. Lord, here's another one. Lord, why in the world when you are moving in a room, it seems like I got the Statue of Liberty anointing and you ain't touching me. It's just like everybody's crying. Falling out, having these amazing moments, and here I am like, pretty sure he's here, but I ain't feeling nothing. Why God? I don't just rush past it and be like, oh God, but you, God, you're good and you're with me and you're right here next to me right now and Holy Spirit's in me and I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't need to feel anything. I, 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 Do you want to? Do you want to feel his presence? Be honest about it. Be honest about it. Yeah, Lord, I I actually wish I was having her experience right now. That'd be great. That's actually what I want. All right, let's talk about that. Why do you want that? And I begin to dialogue with the Lord and he begins to teach me. And there always usually comes a moment where he says, okay, that's good. Now, what's the truth? What's the truth? Well, Lord, the truth is that you inhabit the praises of your people, and whether I feel you or not, you're here. That's the truth. Yeah, that's right. What's, what's another truth? Oh, well, the truth is that the, that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Whether I feel it or not, that's the truth. Yep, yeah, that's the truth. What, 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 what else is the truth? Well, you love me and you want to give me the desires of my heart. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, Keith. So what are you going to believe today, Keith? That you have the Statue of Liberty anointing? <laughs> or that I want to touch you? Lord, I'm gonna believe that you wanna to touch me. <clears throat> How do you be real and live in faith? You do that. You Start with real and you end with faith. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.